There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Happy holidays, everyone. It's Thursday, December 28th. I'm John Weigel here with Ben Berkeley, Juliet Bennett-Ryla, Mark Dent, and Rob Litterst. And this is The Hustle Daily Show. We're continuing our 2023 roundup with a discussion that's all about the numbers. That's right. Today, we're zeroing in on the stats that defined 2023. So without further ado, let's get to calculating. So everybody, here we are again, day two. We have come back to talk about the biggest stats of 2023, the biggest numbers that turned our eyes or the numbers that tell the big story of the year. So we started with Ben last time. How about we start with Rob this time? Kick us off, Rob. So the craziest stat this year, I know you guys are familiar with this because we definitely wrote about it, but Pew Research did this big study earlier this year to see what social media platforms were the most popular In the survey, they found that 93% of teens said they use YouTube compared to 63% who said they use TikTok, followed by smaller shares for Snapchat, which are 60%, Instagram is 59%, and Facebook is 33%. One third of the teen respondents said that they use at least one of those apps almost constantly, which is just absolutely mind-blowing to me. Teens use media for nine hours per day. I think it's a different level of tech addiction than anything that any of us are accustomed to. I don't really have a bigger point, but I think it's kind of a massive reckoning for digital addiction and kind of where that could go going forward. Honestly, as a parent, it kind of scares me to try to even think about how much kids will be on their phones, will be on social media in the decades to come. It's pretty crazy. I think it's going to probably bring in like a big tide of more like not necessarily parental controls, but that sort of stuff with technology where you have to put limitations on it or kids are just going to be on their phone or other devices pretty much all day. But I would love to hear what other people have to say on the matter. I think outside of just the scary side of it, which you hit very well and which I can't even begin to contemplate further because it's going to really just like, no thanks. It is just this lead that YouTube has. Yeah. The scale of the lead that they have is crazy to me where even think about something like Twitch, which you think very highly of is like, oh, the kids love that. Do they? Because <laughs> I think they scored like 17% of teens said they use Twitch versus 93 on YouTube. And like Be Real has 13% and Reddit had 14%. And then there's that middle tier. You're talking about TikTok, like Snapchat and Instagram are right there with them around 60. But again, that's a gap. And I guess I never realized it was that significant Obviously, that's not necessarily the general populace and how they use it. Something like Reddit's only down at like 14, and I imagine it's much higher when you factor in older audiences. But wow, what a stunning lead that they have. 
Yeah, for teens, I'm not really surprised, actually, with that sentiment. When you consider that YouTube and TikTok are two platforms that have successfully, like very, very successfully produced short form content for teens, that's a big part of it. Because a platform like Twitch, more long form content, we're talking like one hour, two hour, maybe even 24 hour streams at a time where YouTube has both. It has long form and short form. TikTok is also getting into the long form game, getting into both. And Instagram just introduced Reels pretty recently within the past two years. So it's kind of a catch-all, YouTube and TikTok, for all content out there. And I think I even saw a statistic somewhere that said most teens prefer TikTok as their search engine of choice nowadays, which is another insane statistic to build off that. Rob, way to kick it off with a very nice and scary statistic for us. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. Juliet, what does your statistic have in store for us today? Guess what? We're not going to get any happier over here. <laughs> Let's go, Julie. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to use a statistic that I saw today, which is the Department of Housing and Urban Development came out with its annual homelessness report and found that during this year, 653.1 thousand people are experiencing homelessness. And that's up 12% year over year. This doesn't mean that they're homeless all the time, but that at some point we have all these people who are experiencing homelessness, whether that's all year or a part of the year. And I guess this rise is due to the end of the pandemic protections that we had in place. So the eviction moratorium, if you had it where you live, rental assistance, Now all of that is going away. Inflation is a big deal. Housing is out of control. So I'm just looking at a very grim picture when it comes to people just being able to find a place to live. And I think that's been a theme that's been going on all year. And the reason I chose this statistic for today was before I met up with you all, I went to go get some coffee and on my walk, and I live in Los Angeles. I get it. I live in a place that's very expensive. I passed a house that did not have a roof. Hmm. It was just open, like the mansion in Crimson Peak. And it was for sale. And I looked it up on Zillow. And this roofless house could be yours for $800,000. What? <laughs> yeah. And I had written the homeless statistic earlier. And then I passed the $800,000 roofless house. And I was just like, well, well, well. Wow. <laughs> Just fabulous indoor-outdoor accommodation in Los Angeles. (laughs) So I don't know. But, you know, to that point, one thing we've reported on a lot this year is what's going on with Airbnb, cities trying to limit short-term housing, trying to find affordable housing solutions. So I think going into next year, we're going to see a lot of that as well because um, the rent is, as they say, too damn high. And that even includes houses without roofs. So we'll see what happens next year. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I mean, housing is one of the biggest concerns of this year. The housing market's been so crazy and homelessness right there with it. So Mm -hmm. thank you for talking about that, Juliet. Mark, what do you got? What's your stat? I actually am going to bring a little bit more of like a positive shine to this stat that I found. Well then. (laughs) And it just, I don't know why this one stuck out with me, but middle of the year, there was this organization called the Conference Board, which is a research organization for corporations. And every year or so, they come out with like a job satisfaction number. And this year, that number was 62.3%. That was job satisfaction in the United States. That was the highest they've had in decades. So people are actually like happy at work. There are some other statistics by like Gallup and other organizations that don't necessarily paint quite as rosy of a picture, by the way, just as like a quick caveat here. But nevertheless, I thought that this was a really pleasing statistic because I think it's 
emblematic of the gains that we've seen over the last three or four years in the workplace, which obviously for people who are in like information and white collar type of jobs, the ability to work from home. I think people realizing, particularly for mothers, that allowing people to pick up your kids and maybe being able to better kind of split duties around the household and things like that. And I think all of that is kind of playing into job satisfaction here. On top of that, for the bottom 10% of income earners, real hourly wages grew 9% from 2019 to 2022. And that's a significant gain and one of the highest that there has been in a period for workers at the bottom of the income decile in like forever. So I think it's good to sometimes sit back and remember that we did have some legitimate gains and a lot of them were thrust on by like a really bad situation of the pandemic. But, you know, all of that kind of labor strife that there was has, at least for now, kind of, I think, put us on a little bit better of a side. That said, as Juliet mentioned, people are still struggling to pay for a lot of bills, whether it's housing, food, everything, et cetera. But yeah, I look at that as like being happy at work means that corporations have finally started listening to the workers a little bit more and hopefully that'll continue. It's hard to kind of also divorce that from this whole summer of labor strikes. We're setting records in America this year for how many days were lost to labor strikes and a lot of really big seemingly worker-friendly deals have been struck across multiple industries from auto to, I know there's a big healthcare one with Kaiser Permanente and the writer strike, the actor strike. There's just been so many motions and there are a lot more coming. I know we have Starbucks is kind of circling the wagons for next year. And then we also have Anheuser-Busch that's looking to strike in February. So it's like all of this is definitely hard won. And I guess as workers, all of us would love to see it continue. Yeah, for sure. And also considering, especially all the layoffs this past year in tech and otherwise, like across the board, hopefully companies start realizing the employees that they have and appreciating their employees more next year and maybe increasing wages a little bit more. And that brings us to Ben. Ben, what's your big stat for the year? The number I'm going to throw at you right off the bat, because it makes me kind of have that feeling of like, what are numbers? What is money? Why does any of this matter? was $113.5 million. And that was, in June, the first raise from AI company in France called Mistral. That was their first round, came in at a point where they did not have a product of any kind. They had not had their first employees starting yet. It was just kind of like some people with good experience that you're going to like are going to do an AI thing, give us money, and They got a lot of it. And since then, as of about, I think, last week, their fundraising total is up to $415 which is just absurd. Again, they still have not put a product out to market. They're still a completely new startup, and they are already this like valuation of $2 billion. And it just kind of really shows you we are just in this gold rush era for AI. I don't know... If this is a good thing, a bad thing, I'm not going to put a value judgment on it other than just to say, wow, (laughs) that's a big check to write without knowing that it's going to take you anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fear of missing out. Everybody trying to get into the AI industry at the same time. Everybody trying to not miss out on AI. The ship is sailing kind of companies are coming up. Open AI is already a thing. Where else can I put my money? It kind of reeks of that a little bit. And I think next year we'll probably see a lot of the same when it comes to AI. All 
All right, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.